Verulam Sports. Hello and welcome to Verulam Sports Podcasting. And a happy Christmas to everybody. Hoping everybody's okay. Um, well, we love sports. Obviously we do. We love football. And so many of us dream about becoming a professional footballer. But of course, only a very small number of those can actually make it to the very top of the game. What happens to those who got so near, but not quite? It's a forgotten story in many ways. And we're very lucky now to be joined on the line by, uh, with Lexi Dubry to tell us about her experiences and her time with Arsenal and uh, just how things have moved forwards. But Lexi, first of all, as I say, happy Christmas to you. Welcome to Verum Sports. How are you? Hi, Tony. Thank you for having me. Merry Christmas. Uh, Thank you so much. I massively appreciate that. And here's to a good new year for us all. 2020, what a weird one it's been. But there we go. Definitely so. Lexi, I'm really excited to hear about your journey. Uh, And I guess some of the challenges that uh, that you were faced with at a very, very young age. But first of all, take us back to the beginning. What got you into football initially? Talk to me about your early experiences of playing the game. Oh, we're going back a few years now. I'm going to have to dive <laughs> memory bank. Um, where do I start? So um, I started playing football, I believe, at the age of around seven or eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, initially, my mum put me into dancing from the age of about six or seven, which I took to quite well. But um, I grew up with two boy cousins, Got one you. the same age as me and the other a few years older. So we have this tradition of going around to my nan's every weekend mm-hmm. or every Sunday or um, every other Sunday. And um, my nan has the luxuries of having quite a decent sized garden. Mm-hmm. So um, in most weathers, we just spent time in the garden playing football and obviously being with two boys at the time, it was quite competitive. Sure. Um, through playing football with my cousins, it just, I suppose my family's a very football orientated family. Mm-hmm. Um, we are gooners, just putting it out there. Um, hide my face whilst I do so. <laughs> but um, yeah, my uncle or cousin rather is Michael DeBerry. Used to be okay, yes, indeed. The Chelsea legend. Oh, legend. I like that. I like that. Some people may say otherwise with regards to <laughs> <laughs> but we'll take legend today. <laughs> So, yeah, um, so football has always been within the family Mm -hmm. um, and to watch games and so forth. But um, I just, I don't know. Um, I think for myself, it was just something that was so close to the heart Mm. growing up. And it was something that I just couldn't let budge. It was, there was a passion, there was a drive. And I think um, at such a young age, it's Mm -hmm. a hobby to let off some steam. Mm. So, um, yeah, after the dancing, um, my cousin was featuring the one that's the same age as me. He was playing for, I believe, Lakeview at the time, mm-hmm. which is a local team to my area. And um, there was a game, a friendly, whereby his his dad, my uncle, um, actually invited me along. And um, I think I got about 20 minutes or mm-hmm. so. But, um, I happened to win a corner. And a lot of the guys were like, yeah, I'm taking it, I'm taking it. And me, my confident self, like, no, I'm taking it. It's my corner. I won it, I'm taking it, come on. (laughs) Yeah, definitely so, so. I um, managed to get the ball, take the corner, and I actually scored from the corner. Um, Yeah, so the only girl in the game at the time, I believe this was probably under nines, maybe Uh under tens, 
and um, yeah, I scored a corner in front of the parents and everything, and it sort of went wild from there. I, I believe at that age, we're talking about 20 years ago now, mm. or 18 rather, um, it was unfamiliar for women to be playing football, mm. especially to have some sort of quality whilst playing it, not blowing my own trumpet or anything. Sure thing. And um, yeah, so it sort of went from there. My uncle was very impressed with my performance. Mm excuse me, of which he then went on to pass to my mum and letting her know how the game went. And he was adamant that I needed to be in a football Mm. team, play football, and that he would do anything to support me in doing so. Um, Do you know, that is amazing to have that faith and that family support unit there, which is great. And that flair, that natural talent, it really, you really worked hard at it too and got to Leighton Orient next, didn't you? Yeah, so um, I initially started out at my local girls team. Um, that was Redbridge Raiders at the time. Um, I was a, I started off as a striker. Mm-hmm. So I used to find myself um, in the newspaper weekly with, um, they referred to me as the fox in the box. I used to get a lot of goals um, at the time. And um, yeah, as you said, so in year six, I moved from Barking to where I currently mm-hmm. reside. And um, the first thing I did when joining my new school was to ask them as to whether they had a football team. Um, that's pretty much all I spoke about at the interview. Or- I just love your proactive approach, though. You know, I think that's brilliant. Um, I, th- I don't, do you know what? In all honesty, I don't know where, I've, where I got it from. I think I've always been quite a peculiar a child. Mm. Um, I used to refer to myself as different and now so refer to it myself as anomalous, mm-hmm. whereby I believe that I've never really, in the sense of the criteria for mm-hmm. a young woman, never really fit that stereotype mm-hmm. or that norm, so to speak. So I guess it's one of those things, like some people are born with it, some mm-hmm. people um, nurture and become it, but it was something I was luckily gifted with. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we went to my new school and um, I happened to join the football team. Again, the only lady in the team. Um, but at that time they did, um, it was called a mini game. So oh, yeah. you have like the boroughs, the teams within the borough, school teams within the borough, sorry, um, attend the mini games whereby we'd all compete against each other. Mm-hmm. And the team that was successful along with the star players would be selected to represent the borough at a more competitive tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that tournament, my, my school team actually won. And um, I was fortunate enough to take the winning, the last penalty of which I scored and we won the tournament. So I sort of got, um, I sort of was recognized from that moment in time. And that's where Leighton Orient, there was actually a Leighton Orient scout there mm-hmm. and then. And she actually came over to me and was impressed by the performance. And it pretty much went from there, to be honest. Well, I tell you what, what's a great story. And I love the joy on your face as you remember those fond times. And then, though, uh, as wonderful as that was to be recognised and to get through to that level at Leighton Orient, as a gunner, as you openly say, and we might, towards the end, just have a quick chat, North London Derby this weekend. But um, as, as an Arsenal fan, uh, it must have been amazing when I think, there's not much debate that the Arsenal ladies are probably the team in women's football. I have 15 league titles, including 10 Premier League uh, Cups, five FA Cup trophies. 
you know, they are the team, really, as you know well. And to be then invited into uh, their fold, how did that come about? And just how excited must you have been at that moment? Um, again, going into this memory bag, it's actually bringing back so much emotion, just trying to remember what took place. But um, so I was at Leighton Orient for about four years, I believe. I joined actually mm-hmm. under 12s and um, was every year you had to reach out. So I was successful enough for four years and um, four consecutive years. Um, and then in my final year, which would have been, I believe, the first year or second year of under 16s, um, the ladies team or the center of excellence, as they called it at the time, actually went into administration. Okay. So um, we was left literally no teams at that mm. time. Um, you used to be able to sort of write to your clubs and um, see if you could get a trial of some sort. So um, I can't remember how it actually happened. So please excuse me, but I remember being selected both. Um, by, oh, sorry, being selected by both Arsenal and Chelsea. Okay. Um, again, I don't recall whether it was an email processing or I was scouted, but I was offered both positions um, after um, being a successful candidate at the trials. And as you already know, being a gooner, there was only one choice. Only one winner there. Only one winner there. And obviously that must have been, you know, uh, phenomenal. Like you say, a a lifelong gunner. You're there in the kind of uh, midst of so many successful, uh, you know, women there. Again, the most successful uh, ladies football team in this country. Um, what was the training processes like and how um, much did you pick up from, I guess, being in, in the at least uh, same training facilities as Alex Scott and all the other stars? Yeah, so at that moment in time, it was the academy was quite separate to okay. the first men's team. Um, we trained um, at two venues, one being Boreham Wood, which I believe may still be or was at the time the Arsenal ladies um, their first team ground. Mm-hmm. Um, we also trained at Hertfordshire University, um, and we got to meet some like because they, as much as they had the academy, they then once finished the academy, you would become you either join the college and become a reserve team member, or you just play for the college representing their college team. So, um, with regards to training, it was quite full on. Um, mm. I was in year eleven, I believe, at the time. So um, certain days I'd have to finish school early to mm-hmm. then commute to Hertfordshire. Um, and the training was approximately an hour and a half to two mm-hmm. hours, um, two days a week. And then we would go and play matches on a Saturday. Um, with regards to intensity and quality, the quality, as you probably already imagine, was top notch. Um, the facilities... And even it, it created that sort of lifestyle of mm. a young professional. Yeah. It gave you an insight to some of the things that first team players actually go through. Um, we, As much as there was training, there was stuff that we had to do away from training. Mm-hmm. So we had, at such a young age, focusing on our diet, um, doing strength and conditioning in our own time, and naturally just taking care of your body um, in the times that you were away from the club. Um, yes, yeah, so that was the training side of things. I mean, again, what an opportunity. Uh, and obviously, you mentioned they're taking care of the body so, so important. 
Um, but to a degree, was it injuries in your body that let you down a little bit? And then talk to me about the kind of process of, again, being at such a young age, uh, again, living the dream and to then the kind of Arsenal having to get rid of you, really. So, yeah, it was a, it was a very emotional journey. You go mm. from starting and looking forward to potentially becoming a first-team member. Yeah. So what happened to me is when I was playing for Leighton Orient, I believe at under-14s, I sustained an injury um, whereby um, I fractured my kneecap and um, tore my ACL. Mm. But at that time, I don't believe it was diagnosed as an ACL tearing yeah. because... And I was left to the NHS. Um, I didn't have any private health care or anything, mm -hmm. as you can probably imagine. And um, so when my injury occurred at 14, they turned around and said to me that I'm still growing. My body will still develop. Um, let's leave it a couple of years or let's just leave it and see if we need to go there mm -hmm. later down the line. Um, it wasn't until I was at Arsenal and I incurred another injury on the same pre-existing injury mm. which then sort of set the tone and said you know what I'm gonna have to undergo surgery so um at that time it was the transition from the academy to the first team right or the and um only for the fact that um Jane Ludlow who was an Arsenal first team player and the physio at the academy at the time only due to her writing to the NHS and expressing like the background and where mm -hmm. I'm playing it that I was actually granted surgery and the MRI scan because mm -hmm. they expressed that MRI scans are probably about £5,000 per scan. Mm -hmm. So they're very reluctant to give them out just willy-nilly. Um, so, yeah, I was 17, I believe, when I underwent my first set of surgery. I mm -hmm. had three operations in one. Um, menis I had a tear to the meniscus and my ACL and again a floating bone or oh, sorry mm. I had a fractured kneecap which actually led to a floating bone in my knee um, at that time obviously being released from Arsenal because of the injury yeah. um, I was left to my own devices mm. so it, it was very difficult I really emphasize because my um, younger brother uh, had a very similar process, literally the exact same injury. He was um, on Leicester Tigers books at the time, uh, aged about 14. And, uh, you know, we life moves on. I'll never say that he would have made it and this and that. But uh, objectively, and obviously, I'm, you know, he's, he's my brother. So there's always those kind of family tinted glasses. I must, uh, you know, respect that. But I've seen him play against people at the same age who are now England internationals. And my brother played them off the park. Um, but again, he tore his ACL. And similarly to yourself, um, again, with no real uh, opportunity to get immediate surgery, got himself back through just physiotherapy and this and that. And then almost exactly the same to you, because I think obviously, uh, you know, in these days, slightly before the evolved status of sports science we're at in 2020, um, yes. it's one of those injuries, isn't it? That's always going to be prone to be re-injured. And he did exactly the same thing within three or four games of kind of his return. It was the same, the same knee, the same ACL. And that was him done. And, you know, he played on for, at a, a lower level for just, you know, what it's like, the love of the game. But 
as as we say, as a family and as himself personally, it's not even something that's ever brought up these days. But every now and again, just personally, I do think to myself, goodness me, you 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 really had a good shot at this. So, talk to me a little bit about, I guess, the family support you had, but. What about Arsenal? What support did they offer, given the challenging time you were going through? Um, so it's always a touchy subject to talk about because um, I just want to put a disclaimer out there that no matter what I say, there's no remorse or upset towards yeah. what took place. It's, it's, it's understood now at the age that I am. Yeah. But given time, um, when you asked what support was there, there was none. It mm. was literally... One day I was an Arsenal under-16s going up to potential first-team reserves and the next day I was just a normal girl all over again. Yeah. And there was no, like, as I said, Jane Ludlow had initiated get, me getting the surgery, but there was no further correspondence mm-hmm. between my Arsenal to check up to see if I was okay. There was nothing in place to say that it was because of my injury that I wasn't successful. Mm-hmm. However, to overcome there would be another opportunity it was just literally one day Arsenal the next day back to reality I I don't know how I took it 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 was it was very very challenging very challenging and I think only in my more recent years that I've come to understand the journey that I've been through from departing from Arsenal to where I am now that actual sequence of events that took place has hindered me along the lines. Mm. Only now being this age and where I'm at and trying to, um, trying to encourage young people, mm-hmm. especially girls that are going through similar things, whether mm-hmm. it be just the process of release, it's like you have to just put it aside. And I'm quite spiritual, so mm. it's like some things are meant to be, some mm. things are not. And it's funny you said about your brother, which I'm sorry to hear about also, mm. but I've got a lot of friends, Jade Bailey, um, Leah Williamson, um, that I used to play with at the time that are now first team players. Yeah. Um, Leah Williamson, who was the year below me, I believe she's an England regular and the first Arsenal first team regular. Mm-hmm. Jade, who I believe represents Liverpool at the moment. So it is, it, it is a bit upsetting but I'm just happy to know that I once was there I'm very much aware of the Mm. procedure and protocol and I have a story to now Mm. be a living case study so to speak to these youngsters that will go through similar trials and tribulations and lack of understanding but I can stand in that gap and let them know that I didn't turn out so bad myself and so much credit and respect to you for that so it's it's a real you know as i mentioned credit to yourself and your character uh it's you you got through i mean i guess everybody with those aspirations uh obviously as a competitor you back yourself otherwise what's the point but i guess you can't be naive everybody knows that there's only a finite number of places and when we're talking at this high elite level not only do they have the choice of the domestic talent, but of course the world that you're kind of competing with for just ultimately, if we're really taking it seriously, that first 11 and, you know, one spot within the team. So the odds are stacked against everybody in this process, in this journey. And I would always say to everybody, come what may chase your dreams because what else is life for? But I guess 
it must be really hard. And I know my brother struggled with it for a little while because when that was the goal, the focus, and you're working, training so hard, like you say, you're literally a professional, really, in everything but the, the rewards. Um, yeah. how, how, what, how would you adjust? How did you adjust? And what process did you go through to get to where you are now? Okay, so um, it's been a 10-year journey. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say everything just switched overnight. Yeah. And I'm this confident, encouraging, motivating <laughs> person I am. But um, so initially, so I was in college at the time, mm -hmm. which in itself was an experience for me. Um, being in a strict routine through the football, I didn't really socialise or hang around after school. Mm -hmm. And so, so to go to a college which wasn't, so to, so much of a sixth form but more of that step into working life mm -hmm. it's like i just come out of a, a bubble and yeah. just the world um unfortunately for me um my injury didn't stop there so after receiving the surgery i think it took around uh, probably 16 to probably 14 to 16 months to recover yeah. Um, of which I then returned to football. I was actually playing football with the college at the mm -hmm. time, who were linked to West Ham. So I was still in a sort of professional environment, but I was taking a different avenue mm -hmm. for women, especially with what we go through in our in our lifetime. Um, it's always good to have that academic contingency. Mm -hmm. So I sort of changed my focus to say, yes, football is there as a hobby if I'm successful fair dues but if not I have something to fall back on however football was still that drive in going college it was that outlet something to take my mind off things when I was maybe a bit stressed mm. or dealing with it etc now whilst I was playing for the college team which was probably about three to four months after I fully recovered um from the last surgery um I actually done exactly the same thing tearing my ACL but mm. to my arm. Oh so, goodness me. Right. And then um it, so in twenty seventeen I underwent surgery for doing right knee and by twenty nineteen I was undergoing surgery again for the left knee. And take us now to the present day. Um you, you mentioned obviously your insight and your passion to to give back um to educate and to inspire, um, how are you applying that in, in a football context in 2020? Okay, so um, as I mentioned before, it, the, the journey from stop playing with Arsenal to where I am now was not straightforward at all. But, um, I went down a path that some would consider disruption. And I was being in this unfamiliar world between sure. the ages 17 to 19. I was mm -hmm. meeting new people from all different walks and mm -hmm. demographics. And it became a thing where I was very much easily influenced in a lot of things. Um, I was always working, which was a good thing in a sense, yes. but yes, the teenage troublesome things you come into, mm -hmm. I started going to a lot of parties, um, hanging around with maybe not so much of the most in in I don't know if that's the right word. I was going to say inspiring, but the right people mm, um, mm. that are progressive, and um, it it sort of sorry, I'm getting a little bit emotional just trying oh, to. Bless uh, you. 
just trying to recap on how, how much it actually, you know, now actually talking about it, because it's a thing whereby it doesn't get discussed as such, but mm. it, for someone that was so young, it was a lot to deal with. Um, oh, sorry, back to your question. So the transition, I think being exposed to so many youngsters from different walks of life and the vision I had and the set path I had had been disrupted because mm-hmm. of my injury, of course. But it was like a drive knowing that although I had not been successful or incurred an injury, I still had that insight I still had was able to share and have the time that I did have with these professional clubs and in those professional environments. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was the building itself. I saw so many people coming from poverty or oh. cancelled states or broken homes of which were things that I didn't necessarily come from. Mm-hmm. And it, it sort of, made me understand again with my spirituality that Mm. sometimes you go through things to be a message to others rather Mm. than Mm. to be successful within it yourself if that makes sense it totally does i really appreciate that so um yeah so my journey um so after college what happened after college um so i worked um, I was in and out of various jobs. Um, I've worked for the council. Mm-hmm. I've been in construction. And it was something whereby, obviously, the age I was, um, my mum is a very independent woman. So it was providing for myself, building mm-hmm. a foundation mm-hmm. to have it a bit easier when I got older. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there was a realisation that all I was doing was chasing money. Mm-hmm. and that wasn't a life I wanted to live. Mm-hmm. It's still not a life that I want to live. And I think that a lot, there's so many pressures in society in the sense of mm-hmm. this is right, this is wrong. If you're not in this job, mm-hmm. then it's not as good as if you're in this job. Mm-hmm. Where and, it, and people are so set on their routine, waking mm-hmm. up, going to work, coming home and doing it all over again, that they actually lose their passion and mm-hmm. their focus and more so their purpose. Mm-hmm. That was something that, fortunately for myself, I was able to discover quite young. So, again, mixing my journey with my experience, it sort of just built up more of a passion to do, to give the youngsters that are maybe not from the same sort of background or maybe even a harder walk of life, that support Mm. and encouragement to let them know, follow your dreams, do do what you want to do. And not Mm. every time it's going to turn out how you expect it or want it but there will always be lessons in the experience that will lead to something which i believe right now is greater than i will wherever was do you know i truly uh, believe that you are dead right there and the strength of character and the appreciation for life itself that you've gathered is a lesson to us all and massively massively inspiring um a few other things just want to uh, broaden out just quickly um You've obviously seen the elite level of the, uh, the the women's game, and you mentioned some of your peers now, England at internationals, for instance. Uh, I remember the recent uh, Women's World Cup where, of course, England beaten in the semi-finalists. Um, how important do you think that is? And the likes, of course, I've referenced before Alex Scott doing wonderful <laughs> work in the media. How important do you think that is? And what developments do you perceive uh, in the women's game? But also... How much further do you think we still need to take it? 
Where do I start? Um, yeah, most definitely. Um, round of applause to Alex Scott, Kelly Smith, Faye White, Rachel Yankee. I could go on, but people that are have had their career and yeah. now in avenues um, to promote the women's game. Um, I think they are fundamental roles. Um, I think it also opens up the perspective of young. Um, successful or even unsuccessful um, maybe the other way around sorry unsuccessful or even successful youngsters in the yeah. um, in the game because it allow it allows them to know that there's alternate there's alternate routes it wasn't till probably the last couple of years that I actually came to an understanding that football is not just players football is mm. not just being on that pitch and scoring goals in front of fans but you can be a commentator mm. you can be a referee you can mm. be a coach and those roles actually play probably more of a pivotal role in football than the actual players themselves mm -hmm. there's much background work and alternate roles around the sport mm. that have a huge contribution to the sport being as beautiful as it is and i feel a lot of these people don't get the credit for what they actually do mm. do in the sense of the game and how much it's improved and where it's got to go, um, I believe until we're at the same level as the men's, there's always something mm -hmm. more to do, there's more to expect. And um, yeah, I think it, it's, I think it's picking up quite quickly. Um, and I just feel like everyone's just got to keep doing what they're doing. I feel like stories like this, like myself, just get yourself out there. Like yeah. this second podcast I've done and for myself, it has opened up a new world for me. Mm -hmm. I think yourself, you got in contact with me off of a previous podcast I've done, which was my first. And just to even be here and recognized by someone like mm. yourself on such a big radio station like you, you guys do is amazing. And if I, if my story, if my message can touch at least one person, then that that's better than anything for myself to be honest like so you've touched me honestly i really value your passion and your insights and you know what you've just have a real genuine lived experience that has given you such a great perspective uh and it's a credit to you because it is a fact sad fact that similar experiences do crush all too many human beings and we mustn't ever forget that um, is, I, I could talk to you all night, but I'll let you go. But I just want to ask you this final question. Did uh, kind of allude to it. I've got a feeling where you're going to go on this one. But um, Jose Marino's never lost at home uh, to Arsenal. The big London derby this weekend. Super quickly, Lexi, your prediction. Oh, I don't know if I should be saying this loud as good. I'm saying, just to be safe, I'm going to say a 2-2. I'm giving Arsenal a bit of extra credit here. However, the one thing I will say is London has always been and will forever be red. Hey, fair play to you. Listen, best of luck for the weekend. Best of luck with everything that you do. Uh, with that passion, that energy, that wonderful smile, I've got no doubt there's going to be everything but uh, continued joy and success in it. And I just would like to take a moment to wish you every continued happiness. Keep well, keep safe, keep being a beacon of inspiration to so many. And again, thank you for your time tonight. Thank you so much for having me and all the best to yourself and the radio station too.